Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 27th episode of the Overline Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis Martin, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Nate Kennedy. And on this week's episode, I'm pleased to be joined by me and Nate's best friend, greatest friend, hockey enthusiast, <laughs> David DiMacchio. David, how's it going? You know, for being your best friend, you'd think that you'd get my last name right no, once, but it's okay. Wait, <laughs> did I not get it right? It's <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's D'Amico. It's not a big deal. It's okay. I'm here. Well, I, if, you know if anyone's counting at home, it's probably like the fifth last name I messed up doing this podcast <laughs> this year. So you, you like, so don't feel special about me hey, messing up your last name. It helps I don't everyone. feel special. I feel closer with Arbonne. I feel like you're actually just, you know, trying to rip on me. We start off the podcast on a lighter note, you know, but uh, no, I'm here. I'm excited. Thanks uh, for having me. Excited to talk some hockey. It's been quite a while. Been too long. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, I think this is the first time we've talked about hockey on the podcast since we had you on actually earlier in uh, October because, you know, not a lot's happened besides maybe free agency. But yeah, since free agency, we haven't talked to about hockey and, you know, it's fitting to start the NHL season to have you back on. And so without further ado, I think we're going to get started by talking about, you know, every division, breaking it down, looking at who we think is going to make the playoffs. And I think the perfect place to start off is the Honda West division uh, going all the way out West, you know, looking at some of those great teams. And I think we'll start with you, David, like what is your thoughts on that division and where do you see everyone uh, stacking up? I mean, overall it's a fairly weak division. It's funny because I think that they have the top two cup contenders in the league in Colorado and Vegas. I'm really high on Vegas. I think that they're going to really make another deep run this year. Like they have, you know, in the franchise history. But Colorado, obviously, they're poised to go on a long run. But I don't know, you look at teams like like L.A., San Jose, Anaheim. I'm not even that sold on St. Louis, especially considering Bennington's been a little more shaky and they just lost Jake Allen. I'm not sold on a lot of the teams in that division. So I think they'll definitely be one of the weaker ones. But Vegas and Colorado, they'll, they'll eat everybody else alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. It's, it's just not strong. Uh, it's, it doesn't have a lot of depth, but it's very top heavy. I think, you know, like you said, uh, well, I think even despite those issues with St. Louis, I think they're making it into the playoffs in this division just because of yeah. how weak it is. Like even if Bigoton, like, like Minnesota, puts, mate. yeah, like even like yeah. I, I could see like Arizona, if uh, Kemper puts them on their back, you know, I could see mm-hmm. them making Minnesota, the playoffs. Yeah. If, if they're like third defense is strong enough i guess because like that's the only identity that they have at this point yeah like i mean if kemper's facing 35 40 shots a night i don't think they're making it even <laughs> seen, so i mean you would think that but then look at the play in round last year when they played mm-hmm. nashville and he faced like 40 shots a game and they still won that's true but yeah i don't know i think like if i was had to rank them like one to eight it's probably gonna start off with i think vegas is my team like to lead the division. I know that might be a hot take. A lot of mm-hmm. people think Colorado is going to win the presidents, but I actually think it's going to be Vegas because I just think that Vegas is, while, you know, Colorado has a lot of flashy players and a lot of offensive players, especially like on the blue line. I think, you know, Vegas has a lot of the more grittier players that you see in the West. Like I think Pareko is one of the best additions of the off season, obviously, because he's, in my opinion, the best player that was available this off season, maybe besides you know, Petrangelo. Or, yeah, sorry, Petrangelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my bad. Anyways, Alex no Petrangelo, that's what I meant. But yeah, one of the best defensemen in the league, in my opinion. You know, you add him to already a great 
group. Like he's probably going to be playing alongside Shea Theodore. And that's going to be a great pairing. But yeah, that's why you have them one. And then, you know, obviously Colorado, because you just have to look at their roster. Like, uh, I mean, like, I don't know where even to start. Like McKinnon, I guess, is the perfect place to start. And then you got uh, Rantanen and then you got Landis Cog. You got Kadri as your third line center on that team. Like they're pretty stacked. So, and then from there, it's kind of like a, a wash. Like I could see anywhere going, anyone going anywhere. And then I probably would put St. Louis third. And then for my money, I think Arizona, just because they have the more high end skill, whether that high end skill will come out and play is a completely different question. But I think, you know, I think they have better players. Like I'm looking for Clayton Keller to step up this year and have a great season. I think we haven't seen that from him yet Him really break out in the NHL. And if he does that, I think they could snatch that fourth playoff spot. And then obviously Minnesota would be um, third last for me. And then, you know, or sorry, uh, fifth. And then, you know, you have the three California teams, which I don't need to explain, you know, they're all going through kind of rebuilding stage and, you know, San Jose is just, tied up with so many bad contracts that it's not like they can do anything to fix their situation anyways. The weird thing is if San Jose got some goaltending, like if Martin Jones returned to form and they got Devin Dubnik backing them up, if they, if they were getting like league average goaltending, I could see them fighting for the, for the fourth seed, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Just, just cause like they have players that have that capability to sort of push you through some, some stretches like, they still have Couture. You got guys like Eric Carlson's a shell of what he used to be, but you know he he still shows flashes of of his old self. Same with Brent Burns. They retained LeBlanc. Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Kevin LeBanc. Like you have or guys LeBanc, that sorry. can score for you. If you get league average goaltending, <laughs> they they could probably make the playoffs. I feel like, but it's just can they get that? It, no evidence that they will. But you know, I don't mind Martin Jones. Maybe he can return to form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I can't really disagree with you there. I mean, you guys kind of covered a lot of the points that I was going to say. Um, but it, honestly, I think the top three, in my opinion, as you said, Curtis, is kind of interchangeable. I mean, in my opinion, I'm putting Colorado one. I don't want to give too much uh, away from my article dropping uh, today about the Western division. But I think Colorado is kind of – I think it's their division to lose. I think that, that number one seed, I think, is kind of have their name written all over it, especially with how much of their roster they were able to retain from last season. I mean, they're pretty much the exact same team. I mean, Kale McCarr is coming into his own now. He's got another uh, notch under his belt. I think he's going to come out and have a stud of a season. Uh, Goaltending, again, is going to be a really big thing for them going forward. I think if they can be consistent between the pipes, I think that's going to be their key to success because they have enough talent on both both ends of their – well, on their forwards and defense in order to hold up. I think it's just their goaltending is going to be the biggest X factor for them. And, I mean, Vegas, as you said, extremely deep. The addition of Petrangelo is huge for their defensive core. And I think that tandem of him and Shea Thewer could possibly be the best in this division, in my opinion. Um, And then, I mean, St. Louis, St. Louis, I think is my three. I think really any of us could say that. And then honestly, I'm putting Minnesota at four. I still have, I still have a decent amount of faith in Minnesota. They got a bunch of young guys that they're still developing. I mean, they still have a lot of talent there, but the only other team that I could see pressing them for that, as you said, is San Jose. And I think one guy that could really break out this year and kind of continue building as he has is Timo Meyer. Uh, Timo Meyer's had a few really good years already. And I think, if he were to come out this year, especially with uh, whatever line he ends up being aligned on, he's getting good power play time as well. I think he could be a big part of that team if they end up pushing him to the playoffs. Yeah, I think the one thing about this division too, though, is I'm kind of interested to see Anaheim because I, while I don't think they're going to be a good team, they're going to be a very young, exciting team. And I also, in my opinion, I think they have the best goalie in the league on their team. 
just that you know when you have a shit team in front of you it's hard to look like the best goalie in the league when you're facing so many shots and you know but like I think John Gibson's one of the best goalies in the league and so when you have that kind of goaltending and maybe you know a couple of your young players step up they could maybe fight for a fourth spot but mm-hmm. I mean I don't I don't see it I think you know them in LA are in that same kind of mode where they're just trying to get the young guys going and you know they got a couple older guys but yeah I yeah mean, it's gonna be tough for them especially like they're gonna need a lot of help on the defensive side and I mean Although Gibson, as you said, is still a really good goalie. I mean, he had an extremely off year last year. I mean, I think he put up a 903 save percentage with three goals against, something like that. And I mean, he is a, he is a guy that can steal you games at times, but with no help in front of him. I mean, facing, as we said, in an insurmountable of shots at times last year. Um, I just don't see him being that kind of longevity goalie that you need over a season in order to steal you wins and put you in contention. Uh, but as you said, it is going to be a very promising year. They do have a lot of young forwards, including uh, Trevor Zegers coming around from the tournament, uh, tied for the lead in points. Um, I think if he if he gets a few games under his belt, I think we could see some good development from him. It's just whether or not they're willing to play him there. But also, Anaheim's building a very underrated farm system right now, which I don't think many people are kind of taking into consideration. They have a lot of really good young forwards who are going to get a lot of good minutes this year. Um and yeah, I mean, Anaheim's got a lot of potential. I think if this year, if this year isn't great for them, I mean, they end up getting themselves a lottery pick going forward, which is huge for their build. Um, and I mean, if they end up sneaking into a playoff spot, that's a big win for that team anyway. Like with how young they are and how unproven they are to kind of do that out of nowhere, that'd be huge for them going forward. Yeah, I can honestly see them stealing a couple of games. I think the tandem with Ryan Miller too. Ryan Miller's actually been pretty solid ever since joining the Ducks. I think he had like a nine two eight. Um, a couple years ago, and then like a 9-15. He, he was probably at like a 9-08 last year, but the entire team was in shambles. Um, but I mean, yeah. They, 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 they got, also traded away, sorry, they also traded away half their decor last year. At the yeah, like line, Brandon Montour, so. and yeah. It, but, but they still they still have guys like Fowler and Lindholm. I mean, you got Shattenkirk. I'm pretty sure they still have Josh Manson. Like, they don't have the worst blue line in the league. And if you can get something out of Sam Steele, Troy Terry, if you call it Trevor Zegras, there they can be some bright spots on the team. I just don't see them being well-rounded enough to to really push unless teams like St. Louis and Minnesota and San Jose really stumble and leave up that three, four spot. I agree. Yeah, no. And I think, you know, moving on, because we're going to go from coast to coast, we look at the central mm-hmm. division. And I think this is one of the more interesting divisions, maybe besides the Northern division. You know, I think there's a lot of uh, spots, maybe except for the top two up for grab. I think obviously when I I look at this division, I look at Tampa and uh, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. Like I don't see a world where they don't make the playoffs, even if like for some reason, say like Vasilevsky got injured. I just think their team's so good that they could still make the playoffs despite that. Like they're just so deep at every position that it would be hard for me to see me not uh, see them not make the playoffs. Obviously, they're going to miss Kucherov, but I mean, they're just like they just played without Stamkos for a whole like bubble playoffs, whatever you want to call it, and they won the Stanley Cup. Basically, play without them except for one period. But I mean, so if that gives us any precedent, then I think they should be the best team in this division. I don't know what you guys think though. Um. Yeah. No, I, I don't see them really being contested for the top spot. Maybe Carolina. Carolina is such a deep blue line and they have a really solid offensive core. It's just their goalies. 
they didn't go out and try to solve that issue. They even put Nadalkovich on waivers, I'm pretty sure, which was odd to see. But like the thing with Dallas is, so you could say they they missed Bishop, but you know they had an incredible playoff run without him and uh, with Hudobin and Net. But they're also missing Tyler Sagan for a while as well. And Tyler Sagan was a guy that I really pegged as somebody who was going to break out again because he was such a consistent 40 goal scorer. And then um, the, the name of the coach for, for the stars right now is eluding me, but he really turned Sagan into a, a more consistent two-way player. And I think it was kind of like that Kadri mold where remember when Babcock came in, he kind of broke Kadri down. He didn't really score a lot for that whole season. Then he just became this really solid two-way player who also scored 30 goals. I saw Sagan, on the trajectory to do that except like a 40 goal score with 80 points just because he has a lot more talent but now without him that, that's your first line center gone so dallas is really a team i could see that struggles they'd have to get big years from guys like giryanov and radulov and jamie ben really needs to bounce back and so does john klingberg but the identity of the team it, it kind of confuses me which leaves like a, a lot of room open for other teams to kind of sneak in to the playoffs yeah, yeah. I know I just went on like a whole Dallas rant for a second. <laughs> but uh but no, I feel like they got a lot going on within their roster. So yeah, they have a they have a lot of moving pieces. And I mean, I think Dallas is one team that's either gonna be near the very top or they're gonna be near the very bottom. And I really don't think there's much in between for that team. Um, I think it's gonna come down to a lot of their tandem. I mean, you're gonna be missing Bishop for a lot of the year, which is unfortunate. I think it's two or three months, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then you, know, you do have Godobin, who's been very solid the last few years, like really has not shown much shake. Um, but it's going to be up to that core. I mean, uh, a lot of their like more proven scorers are getting up there in age. I mean, I look at Radulov. Radulov's still a great performer, but how much he's going to be able to put up this year, I'm not sure. Um, but they still do have a really good, really good deep blue line. I mean, they still do have a lot of proven scorers on offense. So I think that team is definitely, as I said, it's going to be either a really hot team or a really cold team for a lot of the year. Uh, I'd like to see it be a really hot team because I do like a lot of the players that they have, and I think they have the potential to make a deep run. Uh, Whether or not they're able to best a team like Tampa or even an unbelievably deep team like Carolina, I'm not sure. But I think they could definitely see themselves squeezed into the third or fourth slot in the uh, the Central Division playoff bracket for sure. Yeah, I I think, you know, it's kind of – I think once you get past, in my opinion, uh, Tampa and, like, Dallas, I think it's kind of, like, fair game for everyone. I think, you know, maybe you put Carolina as, like, a lock to make the playoffs, but I think, you know, those bottom two spots in that division are pretty wide open. Like, Columbus, Florida, even, like, to an extent, Nashville is kind of in this area for me where I'm, like, I don't really know what they are. I don't know if they're a playoff team. I don't know if they're, like, a middling team. Well, they are a middling team, in my opinion. But, like, I don't – like, I think we were talking about this earlier uh, before the podcast, but um, I think we all mentioned, you know, for Florida, Bobrovsky has to be worth $10 million this year, in my opinion, if they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, they've always been able to score over the, since they've had Barkoff, Huberto, you know. Uh, I think Duclair is a, a great pickup for them. But I think, you know, they just need goaltending. So if uh, Bobrovsky can pick it up, obviously they're going to snatch one of those playoff spots. But – then again, we haven't really seen that. And I think it's the opposite when you look at Columbus. Columbus has had, even without Bobrovsky last year, they've had great goaltending from uh, Rizlikens and, uh, oh, I'm blanking his name right now. Uh, Corpusalo. Corpusalo. Yeah. 
and but they haven't been able to score on a consistent basis. So I think, you know, you look to people like Pierre-Luc Dubois, if they still have him by the end of the season, we'll see what happens to that. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. But yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be between those teams. And I think, you know, Florida is going to make the playoffs because they just have so much talent. And I think, you know, if uh, Bobrovsky keeps to his mold of having one awful year and then having an amazing year, then this is his amazing year. So I think they should make the playoffs in that sense. And then obviously Nashville, they have a great decor, obviously, you know, when you have um, Ellis, Yossi, um, you know, I, I could go on and on. They have a good decor. And then obviously uh, Pecorine and uh, Saros are two uh, interesting goalies, you know, they kind of had their uh, ups and downs over the last couple of years. I think they have a shot at it too, but then again, kind of like Columbus, it's like, it's like them. It's like, they need scoring. They need people to score in order for them to make it there. And, I don't know if they have that or not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. By the way, I'm such an idiot. I'm. On, I'm literally on cap friendly. I could have said head coach for Dallas is Rick Bonus. Um, I'm not incredibly sold on the Panthers. Like, if Bobrovsky bounces back, yes, they'll probably make the playoffs. But I just don't. I'm not sold on their on their forward core anymore. That used to be the strength of this team. But now, like, they've lost guys like Hoffman. They traded away Trocek. And um, I'm, I'm just like, Hornfist is 34. He's not going to be playing with Crosby anymore. They got, they have Huberto and Barkov who are certified. Like, those guys are studs. But they just don't have much depth. And I think they're finally going to give Owen Tippett a chance. And they should probably give Henrik Borgstrom some more ice time. But I'm not very sold on, on the depth of their offense. And same with their defense. Aaron Ekblad still hasn't had that breakout year. That's like, I'm a number one overall pick kind of year. It, they got guys like Uyghur who've gotten better and you need better years from, like I said, Yandel and Strawman. They were not great last year. It, there's going to be, need to be a lot of bounce back performances in order for Florida to really be what they're, what they are on paper, because I feel like it's, this has been like four years now of everyone going, okay, Florida's going to make the playoffs this year. They got a good roster and they just never do. They never live up to the hype. So I think you could say that with the playoff format, they probably, they definitely have a better chance because they're probably going up against Columbus and Nashville, but I'm, I'm just not completely sold on them being a contender more of just, they might make it in because of the format. I think we can say that about almost like half the teams, of this division, like they kind of, been leaving yeah. us wanting more i think you could say that about carolina dallas to a certain extent before last year um florida nashville like i think you know they've had good teams and they've all these teams have kind of been like haven't been like capitalizing on the talent that they've had they just have been always you know missing out getting knocked out in the first round missing the playoffs like all those kind of things that you know kind of waver your hope in the in a team but mm-hmm. I think when you look at Florida, I think Keith Yandel being healthy scratched as they look as they're looking to trade him is going to be interesting. Uh, I think uh, Noel Juleson's a good pickup from Montreal to help out that decor. And while maybe um, uh, Ekblad hasn't looked like a first overall pick, I still think he's a top two defender in the NHL. I think, you know, a lot of people look at him in the sense of like, he hasn't really been getting that offensive production he did in junior, which, you know, I mean, it's obviously a lot, of players, don't. Yeah. a lot of players don't. And I think it's also the fact that like when you're first overall, people expect you to play just as good as you did in junior. But I still think he's been playing solid on the defensive side. He's been the one guy, I think, over the last five years that's really been able to 
you know, play good defense in their own zone. And maybe sometimes, you know, he hasn't looked great on the plus minus because of his partners. Because if we're being honest here, until Uyghur came along, you know, he hasn't really had great partners in Florida. So I, th- I kind of compare him, in my opinion, to like kind of like a Morgan Riley in the sense that like, you know, I think he's a very underrated, underrated player that really hasn't had a partner to play with. And I think kind of like Riley, who I'm sure we'll talk about when we get to Leafs, because I'm sitting here with two Leaf fans, um, kind of has the best partner that they've had during their uh, uh, the Leafs are being shown. Uh, <laughs> has, has had their uh, best partner that they've had in their whole career. And for uh, Riley, that's Brody. And I think for uh, Ekblad, that's going to be weaker playing a whole season with him this year. Because, you know, I think he kind of played on and off with him because he was playing with... Uh, Pretty sure he played with Yandel for a lot, large part of the first part of the season. Ekblad did, and obviously we saw, you know, the vast statistics about what Keith Yandel is right now. So, I think, you know, I think I think people are underrated him, but like also, like you said, he needs to have other people besides him and Uyghur on that defense. And I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's it's just more of like a putting it all together for Ekblad for me because like I've seen him be this stud shutdown defender and I've seen him be this, this guy who's actually kind of a force offensively, but he, he hasn't really been the best of both worlds, I guess, in one season. Cause I, I that's, that's, that's what I want from him. I, I have no doubt that he can be that. It's just, I haven't seen him put it all together. He's either just really solid on his own end or really actually leading the charge offensively, but he yeah, hasn't he- been able to, to like put all the pieces together. And that's what I want to see from him. Like, I have no doubt that he's a top two defenseman on most teams in the NHL. It's just a matter of, I think he can be a bona fide number one, you know? Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. I think it's also the fact that um, I, I don't think he's had, like, a year where you're like, oh, he's in the Norris conversation. And that's what you want out yeah. of the first overall pick defenseman is, like, you want him to be in the Norris conversation. And I think and the only way for him to do that is to play great on both ends of the ice and I think you it's not a big argument to say that he hasn't done that yet in his career. Yeah. So like nobody does that unless you're John Carlson and you're on pace to score hundred points. It doesn't matter how you defend at that point. Or you're Brett Burns and you're playing with uh, someone that can cover your ass when you're on the offensive side. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, like who just does not cross their own blue line. Because what because what we saw once they took Vlasic off of Burns pair, how um reliant he was on yeah. Yeah. Yeah started to emerge um but i think that's the biggest thing especially with a guy like ekblad i mean you look at the consistency the consistency is what distinguishes you from the good and the great and i mean we're kind of looking for that huge year from ekblad that kind of propels him from being extremely good to on the top half of the great and in my opinion i don't think he's that far but as as you said Davo, it just comes comes to putting the whole puzzle together i mean you could be, you could have great offensive nights or great defensive nights, but I mean, the great guys show up every single night on both assets of the puck. I mean, and I think especially with like how few and far between complete defensemen are to find in today's NHL, I think for him going forward, if he can have a season like that, that'll really propel him into the top tier defenseman kind of conversation. But yeah, I think, you know, moving on from the central division, which is a really interesting this division, I think one of the more stronger divisions, uh, in this kind of realignment is the East division. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of interesting teams in this. And uh, I think we're going to start with Nate on this one. Uh, Nate, what are your thoughts on this division and uh, where do you see it shaken down? Uh, this, this is probably the strongest division out of the realignment in my humble opinion. 
Um, I mean, just glazing over some of these teams. I mean, you have Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, and the Islanders who are slowly coming up as one of the more definitive, definitive uprising teams in the NHL. Um, I just think this, especially with a lot of the moves that have been made this offseason by a lot of these teams, I think this, this is going to be a really contentious division. I think a lot of these teams that you would see kind of as top four locks in many other years, I think you could see possibly sliding. And I think the opportunity for teams that are less likely to make a push are more likely to slide up in a division like this with how, as I said, tightly contested it is and how almost every matchup that you're going to find within this division is like, could be a toss up. Um, But if I, if I had to give you a few locks, I mean, Washington, I think is a playoff lock for me right now. I mean, their core as they've retained for the last three or four years has been stellar to say the least. I mean, OV shown no signs of dropping off. Carlson's now, in most people's opinions, a top three defenseman in the NHL. Uh, Samsonov's going to be getting a lot of minutes this year, which I'm very excited about. I think he's going to have a great, great season. Um, and I mean, I just think I think that team's poised for another deep run. I mean, while they have the core that they have, I think they realize that they need to take advantage of it, much like the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL. Uh, I think they realize that their kind of window is dwindling. And I think, especially for Ovi's sake, I'd love to see him make another deep run, not to be biased. I'm, I'm just a big Ovi guy. Um, and then even from there, I mean, Pittsburgh still has a lot of their core uh, that they've had. Uh, I'd be interested to see what their goalie situation is going to look like if they're going to end up going more of like a 60-40 route, if they're going to keep it to like 50-50 almost to start each. But I think that'll come down to the, um, to the coaching decision from there. Um, I also really like Philly going into this year. I think Carter Hart's poised to have another great season. I mean, I think he's really shown no indication from his early career play that he's going to be anything but a stud. So I think going forward, I think you could kind of take, take his coattail as you would. I think, uh, I think he's definitely going to perform this year. And I mean, I think Boston is another lock for me in terms of a playoff spot. I mean, another talented team uh, you're losing Chara, which I mean, yeah, unless you're a diehard fan, you really don't feel that bad about it. I mean, he was on the way out anyway. I love Chara to bits, but he's not, he's nowhere near the player he was 10 years ago. Uh, you did lose Krug on the blue line, which I think is a big no-no going forward. I think they're going to come to regret that. Um, but I think that for the most part, I think they're still primarily the same team. I mean, the loss of Pasternak is going to be huge going forward. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, but I mean, in terms of a lock, I'd give you I'd give you Washington and Boston for sure as my top two. Then anywhere from there, it depends on the play of Tristan Jari in, uh, in Pittsburgh and see if you got some development there. Curtis is shaking his head. I know he doesn't think they're a playoff team. <laughs> Sure, you'd rather get a draft pick, but I think they still have a shot. Um, oh no, I, I think that I think Pittsburgh's a playoff team. Yeah, okay. Um, and then if I had to give you a dark horse, I think Buffalo is definitely my dark horse in this division. I think Buffalo definitely has a shot to make a push, um, especially with Eichel getting some more capable scorers around him and actually having a few uh, complementary pieces around him. I think it could be a big year for him and uh, the team at large going forward. See, okay, Maybe. the one thing I want to hop on is that I think you like a bunch of people are underestimating the amount of ice time today and try took up on the Bruins. I personally don't think the Bruins are making the playoffs this year. I think, you Whoa. know, Oh, that's hot. I mean, if that you is... wanted to, I'm, I'm going to say it quickly because I wrote, I wrote a whole article breaking down my rankings for this division, which went out yesterday. And I had the being the fifth team in this division. And I had the Islanders and Penguins finishing in front of them for multiple reasons. But I think the main reason that I will talk about is their defense. And in the article, I do mention that three of their, three of their defenders combined have played 150 NHL games. So, you know, I think that's a real struggle, especially in this division where you have so many great players and great scorers. 
Like you're gonna have to be sound defensively. And while yes, they have Tukarask and they have Halak and that, which is I think one of the best goalie tandems in the NHL right now. I think with the fact that I don't know if McAvoy can carry a team defensively. He's a great offensive defenseman, but I don't know if he can carry them. And I think, you know, having that such a young decor going into this kind of division, I think if they're in the Atlantic, they make the playoffs. Cause I think, you know, you look at teams like Ottawa, Florida, you know, Toronto is not the best defensive team by any means. I think when you look at those teams, you have, you say, you say to yourself, you know, maybe that's not a problem, but when you look at this group, like if you look at Ottawa, or not Ottawa. If you look at Washington, you know they have a really deep decor, especially with adding uh, Schultz and um, Chara this offseason. I think you know they have one of the deepest decors through all six in the NHL. And then you look at you know Philly; they have an extremely deep decor with the additions of Justin Braun and uh, Gustafson from uh, from uh, Chicago this offseason. I think, and then you add on Provorov and Gustafsson and you know. Hag, so on, so forth. Like, I think they just don't have the decor to make the playoffs. And also, you're losing Pasternak for the first two, maybe three weeks of the season, which is a big blow. I just don't think they can recover from that. All, all I would say, just before I give Dave the mic here, is we've seen this exact, we've seen this exact play play out before. You look at mid 2010s Boston. They had the exact. They haven't. Play. They haven't lost two top defensemen ever since they've been good. No, no, but you're talking about the youth development, the youth movement. The youth movement when McAvoy and Krug were younger, significantly younger than they were, it was the exact same situation as this. Char was their grandfather. He was the master splinter of Boston's defensive core. And I mean, especially especially since you don't have that Chara kind of presence, I understand how you could be a bit um a bit skeptical of that take. But the thing is, is we've seen this play out before, and Boston's always going to be a tough, gritty team. And I mean, as long as they're able to buy in, it's not really up to productivity at that point. If they're able to buy into the system, they're going to play well regardless. And I mean, as you mentioned for me, I mean, Rask and Halak is arguably the best tandem in the league. And I would ride Rask with no defensive core. Over... Also, Rask hasn't played in over a year, by the way. So Almost a year. Fresh. He's going to be unbelievably fresh. He's but he also play... hasn't faced a shot in over a year almost. And as David and I know from being goalies, when you don't face a lot of rubber in a while, it's kind of tough to get back in the swing of things, especially with some of the shooters in this division. So I, I while see. I will grant you that they're both and not getting goalies, Pasternak shots in practice either, so it's not exactly. like facing the league scoring. Now I yeah. do I do agree that the lack of the lack of experience over the last year may come to bite him in the ass. But the thing is, it's too harassed. And the thing is, if it was any other goalie, I would be skeptical. But we've seen him come off of injury and light it up. We've seen him come off of come off of a regular uh, shaky regular season and light it up in the playoffs. We've seen the reverse happen. I mean, he's kind of that guy that can come out and steal you games at really any point. So, but I also as much as, as, much as I hate wearing this jersey to support Boston, I still think they're a player. <laughs> but I I think like honestly, a part of me also does doesn't think that Tukarask's heart's in the game anymore personally. That's me personally saying it. There's no like evidence to support that. I think that, you know, obviously I'm not saying that because of his decision last year. Like, obviously you should be with your kid in that scenario. I'm not like crapping on him for that, but just like, yeah, you're I not feel being like a Bruins fan. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not trying oh to be God. a Bruins yeah. fan. That, that was brutal. But mm-hmm. like, what I'm what's just what I'm saying is that like, I think every old, every player at a point, you know, I know they don't want to admit this, but when you've, one of Vesna, especially as a goalie, you won your cup. 
like you kind of get complacent and you're like you know what i've done everything and i don't know if i don't know if tuka's in it as much as he he uh, normally is but that's not my main point my main point is that the defense is not good for boston they are losing their best score their best point getter for a month of a what how long is this season like 56 games so they're gonna lose him for like a quarter of those games so like before before I swing this over to Dave, I do have a question for you. So you're saying that the lack of defense could be the Boston Bruins demise. So if you if you are placing, I'll give you a hundred bucks to play on. If you're placing a hundred dollars, are you taking Boston to make the playoffs, or are you taking Philly with the loaded decor to make the playoffs? Philly, easy. Okay, that's that's all. I just wanted to see your take on that. That's a very that, I, that's I, not I, that's I, not a hard that's not a hard that's take. Not, that's not a very hard take. If I'm being honest with you, Philly Philly's like, a lot more complete than Boston. Is. Philly's getting challenged for the President Trophy this year. That's how good they are, even in this tough right. division. Here, here's the thing about Tuca, about your whole Tuca point. Ask any Bruins fan. They don't generally like Tuca Rask because he hasn't won them that cup as a starting goalie. That entire fan base gets onto this goalie, this incredible all-time goalie. That the Leafs traded away. Because, that the Leafs traded away. <laughs> Because he I, hasn't I, won them that cup, right? So I don't, I don't think, yeah. Last year was a completely different scenario. Like that's family that always comes over top of, of a sport, right? But I, I think there's still definitely a fire inside of Tuca. I mean, this is the last year of his contract. I think he wants to go out on a good note with the team that he spent his whole career playing in the NHL with. But yes, they they lost Krug and Chara. And Chara ate up around 21 minutes of ice time last year, despite being in his 40s. I mean, he is a physical freak. And now they lost Pasternak. But that's just the Bruins. The Bruins are the Bruins. They will definitely make the playoffs. I don't see them missing, whether it's the three spot or the four spot. Once they get Pasternak back, they will be back to form. I think we're looking at the wrong guys here, honestly, for the back end. I'm a really big fan of Brandon Carlo. I like what he brings on the back end of the ice physically and defensively and same with Matt Grizzly. He's really come into his own the past couple of years. I'm not, I don't think that they're going to be this team that, that has this one guy take the lead spot for their defensive core. I think it's more going to be of a, the, like a more of a team effort uh, on the blue line. It's going to be a lot of responsibilities placed on different people. So you McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo, then they got John Moore, Connor Clifton. Like these guys aren't exactly big names, but they have been key role players on this team for quite a couple of years now. And this team has a lot of experience in the playoffs. They've faced adversity before. They well, sort the, of know what the to people expect, that have been there right? before. The people, yeah, that, the people been there that have before. been there. Exactly. And you got some fresh faces. I mean, Andre Kasha, everybody was really big on this guy. He started he had a really down year last year, but he's got a lot of talent. He could be a solid. Uh, middle six score for them same with Nick Ritchie he never really found a consistent groove after his rookie year with the Ducks but he's big he can play physical and he can probably bank some pucks in obviously Jake DeBrus can do that as well they have guys who can fill in they won't be as good obviously as they will with Pasternak back in the lineup and you can unite that top line whenever you need to to just sort of end a game but I don't know I I I the Bruins are the Bruins. Like, they, I don't think they have the best goalie tandem. I think that goes to Vegas, but they have a very close 
and the their system in place like they they will be fine they will be able to recover and i hate saying that i but a thing that i wanted to mention is nate you mentioned closing windows i think the bruins have maybe two years left on their stanley cup window if, if it's not already closed after losing big pieces like krug and chara i mean like bergeron's getting up there Krejci's getting up there even though he will be a free agent it's just the, the cup window is closing, but I don't think it, it's done for them yet. They will make the playoffs this year, undoubtedly. Yeah. A team a team that you guys are high on right now that I'm, I'm – they probably will end up being good just because that's who they are is the, the Islanders. They did lose Teus, and they did lose Thomas Grice. Grice was a big part of that team last year, especially there was a stretch where Varlama was struggling, so Grice had to take up that top spot. Ilya Sorokin, as good as he's been in the KHL, you got to see how he plays in the NHL. There's not always – that exact translation, although he probably probably will end up being good. But you lose some, one of your best defensemen, and this is like, a really tough the unfair, division. In fairness, they, they also lost Johnny Boychuk too. They also lost retired. Johnny Boychuk. Exactly. The, the, and you're in a really tough division. You're with you're playing against more complete teams like the Flyers, like the Capitals, who may have gotten weaker, but they're still a solid team. And the Bruins once they get past Mac back. So you'll have to be fighting against teams like the Rangers who are really up and coming as well as the Sabres who might surprise a lot of people and the Penguins who, you know, aren't great, but they have Crosby and Malkin. So that's kind of like their trump card. Yeah. I can, I can really, I can definitely see them making the playoffs, but I don't think it's going to be as clear cut as you guys have said. I don't think they're going to get that three spot. I think that four spot will be what they battle for because the top three, as I see it are Philly, Washington, Boston, in whatever order um you disagreeing with me eh? I, I, I i think i think the thing that we're we're forgetting is that how good of a system this team's plays defensively i think you know obviously i think I, I even said in my article that the reason why i put them personally at three and i said the reason why they're not a top two team in this division is because they don't have the star power that a philly that a washington does which is besides Barzell, very accurate. Like they don't have a standout defenseman. They don't have another standout forward, in my opinion. Maybe mm-hmm. you could look at some of the younger guys like Bovillier as a maybe a kind of a standout guy. But I would, I would yeah, but they, no, I'm not even. They have an incredible defensive system, and honestly, I'll probably end up eating my shorts over saying this because I always doubt them. But when you look at them in the playoffs and you you see them when they're put up against teams that can defend and score at such a high clip. Like they got shelled by the Hurricanes a couple years ago in the playoffs and then they got shelled by Tampa, right? Yeah, but they beat Washington in the playoffs last year and I think Washington Yeah, but Washington wasn't great. Washington they weren't playing up to form. Yeah, they they weren't playing up to form. exactly. When they're put against teams that are more complete, like you can put them against the Leafs and they'll probably pick them apart just cuz the Leafs aren't that complete of a team, right? But you put them against a team like Obviously, cup winners are the best team in the league. Tampa, but I've seen Philly, Vegas, um, Colorado. These teams that can defend and score at will, they they do get picked apart. It when you're relying on this defensive system and you legitimately cannot score for the life of you, and this incredible buzz of I a think- playmaker who like can skate around the entire ice with the puck and Barzell struggles to score for a while. It, it's indicative of, of a system that's strong but flawed because while they're they're unbelievable defensively and they turned goalies careers around magnificently especially with mitch corn 
he is an unbelievable goalie coach. Him and Barry Trotz have been the most powerful goalie making tandem in the league over the last 10 years. I mean, yeah, I think, I think Curtis knows like when he was in Nashville, they made Rene, then they made Holpe. They made Grubauer. I think Holpe's not the goalie he is without that tandem. Without Mitch Korn, exactly. And, and that's what we saw as soon as they left was Holpe kind of dipped off in his production. Mm-hmm. But it's just, the, it's a flawed system because they legitimately cannot score more than two goals a game at times. I, and it's, I, in a division like this, I just don't see them competing for that top two spot. Yeah. It, it's more of a four spot that I see them competing. I for. think, I think, okay, the reason why I think they're three is they made an addition last year that, you know, a lot of people at first shook their head at what they gave up for him. But Jean Gabriel Pajot yeah. is a great addition to this team, adds a lot of scoring to this team, adds a lot of offensive flair to this team that I don't think they had before. I think him and Barzell on the power play is going to be insane. And then you have, um, oh, I'm blanking his name right now on defense. I'll look it up real quick. Andy but... Green. <laughs> yeah, not Andy Green. Um, but anyways, my my point's basically that I think that, while I think this division's like really good, like it's it's crazy good. Like I think that if you took the top six teams in this division and put them in any other division, I think they could make, like a lot of them could make, playoffs in other divisions like i think if you put boston in any other division they make the playoffs i think if you put uh even like new york you could look at new york and you say you put them in the west i think they could make the playoffs in the west i think they could make the playoffs maybe in the central i just think that this division is so deep because even though in my rankings again article go check it out uh, i put buffalo at seven that was hard like the between like five and eight well okay five and seven because new jersey sucks between five and seven was so hard to determine for me. Like even New Jersey's not bad. They have Heisher, they have Hughes. Like I personally like Mackenzie Blackwood as a goaltender, you know. And they did have Crawford before he got injured or yeah. retired. But they're in a much better position when they had Crawford as well. Because yeah. Blackwood's a really good up and coming goalie, but he had to carry so much weight last year. It was unbelievable. So like in my opinion, I just like. It's just so tough, and I I think Boston's the odd man out for me. Like, if they had Pasternak all season, maybe that's a different story for me. But I think, you know, especially Boston, I think their first two games are against Washington. And, like, that's not going to be an easy first two games. And then also, when you look at Pittsburgh, I know you guys mentioned the trump cards, but also look at who they're playing, who the trump cards are playing with. Uh, Jake Gensel, uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Guys that can put the puck in the net. Jason Zucker is going to move down to the second line. Brian Rust. Brian Rust. All Brian Rust, Jason Zucker, and Gensel. Even Gensel, who only played half the season, were all in the top seventy in goal scoring last year. So mm-hmm. they're going to be able to put the puck in the net. It's whether they can stop the puck from going in the net is my question on that team. The only the biggest question mark I have for this division, I think it's just going to be the teams that can weather the storm. I mean, they have Mike Matheson. Yeah, Matheson's good too. <laughs> and Cody Cece as your bottom. And Cody Cece, woo! Um, and Cody Cece almost got Crosby injured because he hit him in a game and he had to a practice game and he had to leave. Yay! And John Marino signed forever and ever after. Oh yeah, one really good year. Um. Uh, oh Jimmy, oh Jimmy boy. I think the East is going to be the East is going to be a division that's going to be indicative of teams that can weather the storm, so to speak. 
I think it's going to be the teams that can hang against the top tier teams, but also take advantage of the less talented teams in order to capitalize on wins. So I think you look at a team like Washington, who's going to be able to not only hang with the top teams, but also going to be able to stomp some of the less capable teams in this division. But then you look at the flip side of that, the Islanders, as you said, who averaged, I think it was like two and a half to 2.75 goals a game last year. I mean, I can double check for you. Yeah, say with something like that. You're not going to win against these top-tier teams in the East with only two or two to three goals a game. Like, there's no chance. And it's like, regardless of how good you're playing defensively, even if you put up that two and you hold them to one-on-one night, there's no chance you're getting that for a week straight. It's like, that's what that's the only thing that really deters me from this Islanders team. Although they are very talented and play a great defensive scheme, I just don't think they can hang with the top-tier teams in this division. And I mean, although there are very promising teams like as we said the rangers and buffalo in my opinion who i think is very poised to make a run in the next few years especially with who they brought in this offseason um i think this division at least the three and four spots are very much a toss-up i'm gonna agree with you Davo. i think it's washington one philly two in my mind if not reversed um and then from there on the bubble i i probably have boston followed by the islanders followed by buffalo then followed by the rangers you've uh you're the sabers out of the rangers I would have the Sabres out of the Rangers, in my opinion. Oh, man. That's a hot take. Here's, that's a hot, here's the thing. That's a hotter take than the Bruins here's not the making the playoffs. The Rangers, the Rangers will need Ryan Strom to be what he was. Sure. Sure. But that was a product of Artemi Panarin, right? And they also just got Alexis Lafreniere. And a huge improvement will be if Capo Caco isn't the worst player in the NHL again. If he's not that, then that's also an improvement. So, and and I'm, I'm just ripping on him. I think he could really be a star in this. Oh, league. don't get me wrong. That, that Rangers team has an immense amount of potential. The only reason mm-hmm. that I'm very faithful in Buffalo this year of all years, they actually managed to put together a good offense and put good pieces around Eichel in order to make him succeed. And I think that's one thing that they're really going to have to maximize is his potential going forward in order for their team to have success. Because you look at it in the two in the past three years, who's he had? Like what he had, Matt Molson his first year. He had Sam Reinhart. He had Reinhart. He had um, who was it? He had Hall for half a year. Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis. No, I'm pretty sure he was on Minnesota yeah, by the time he got to Buffalo. Um, but I think this year of all years, I think will be indicative of their success going forward. Do I think that they're going to solidify the fourth spot? Not really. I think he's going to have to play out of his ass to give him a shot. But Linus Allmark is going to have to be a stud. Allmark I was just about to say, they don't have, like, I like Linus Allmark as a very good NHL backup. I don't yeah, like him as a like starter. A very, a very capable 1B. Like if you, could, like, if you could find like a split situation with him, like but like you don't, he'd be, he'd be a stud on the Islanders. <laughs> let's put it like this. In my opinion, they, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs until Uka Pekka ready to play in the NHL. Oh, and it's the best name in the NHL. Once it gets to the NHL. That, too. That would be, yeah. Try to say that three times fast. Uka Pekka All the Anyways. K's in that name too. The, the thing is because like ben, ben Hutton yeah. couldn't stop a fucking beach ball last year. Like, yeah, you're gonna but, then he, but he was to... like a stud two years ago, right? Yeah, because he played in St. Louis with all those defensemen in That's front true. of him. And, okay, you, you mentioned, yeah, Jack Eichel, one of the best players in the league. He's probably a top six center in the league right now. Um, and him and Victor Olsen and Hall and, and be and, insane. Yeah, like yeah. Th- that'll be insane. But Artemi Panarin was the greatest free agent signing of all time last year. In, like, in the first year also, of a brand new contract. And played like a stud the whole year. And they're also right. in the, 
it's the reason why they're so low is because they're in the best division in the NHL. That's yeah. why they're seven. Yeah. Because like I think even I honestly this might be a hot take. You put them in the West, they could fight for a playoff spot in my opinion. Buffalo. If they got Buff- gold. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Buffalo yeah, could yeah. play a team like Minnesota or Arizona for sure. I completely agree with that. But it's like especially with how this is aligned now, like it's gonna be really tough. Mark Stone just got captaincy, by the way. Captain makes sense. Yeah. He's been the longest tenured guy there and he's one of their best players. Makes sense. He's not the longest tenured guy. Mark Stone on Vegas? He's one of their longest tenured guys there left. Who's there I mean, for the like, original team? Theodore. Yeah. Oh, Theodore. Braden McNabb, William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault. Is Riley Smith still in Vegas? Riley Smith is still there too. But I think I, he's the. No, Mark Stone's the definitely their guy. He's their guy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes sense. I mean, uh, they were going to give it to Pacioretty. He like just got there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also Pacioretty. Like they sign, they have Mark Stone signed for a long-term deal. Anyways, sorry, I, I didn't mean to completely derail that. He got captaincy. That's all I wanted. Good. to. Um, I just think it's going to be really tough for these teams. Like, like even the Rangers. Like the Rangers have a lot of promise this year. I'm not going to put it past them, but it's going to be really hard for them to break into the top tier of that division with the Washington and the Philly. And even even if Boston comes back fully healthy, you could consider Boston that same tier, but it's going to be hard for those teams to kind of solidify themselves on that end of, of that division. That I mean, I'm not questioning whether or not it'll be a struggle for them to break into the top tier. I'm just saying they're better than Buffalo. Yeah. They're they, they, they have better goaltending at Buffalo already. Igor Shishorkin. Better goaltending. And they, they have a, probably a deeper offense. And their defense can yeah, as I score said, at will. I can score well, yeah. Just can't defend. <laughs> they can't. They can't do what the deficient. What the uh, sorry. What the position is called, but they can yeah. score. They can I mean, score. As, as I said, I preface the argument with the success of Eichel and the fact that he actually has capable line mates around him now. Yeah, but yeah. He, okay, sorry, Nate, but like last year, I think Eichel should have been considered for the heart, and they still were one of the worst teams in the NHL. Like, yeah. Eichel could only do so much, my friend. Individual individual success doesn't translate to team success, but you have to. But, but now, yeah, but now they do have a complimentary piece for him, so he'll be even better. And then, like, Olafson will be a year better as well. People are still developing on this team. Rasmus Dallin will be a year better. Like he's I mean, entering his what his third year in the league. Really good I think that I think that's the other more discipline. Like I think that's the other team that thing we're forgetting is that some of the like defensive like potholes that uh, Buffalo has on their blue line. Like Brandon Montour can't play defense. Like in my opinion, Colin Miller was not what he was on Vegas. If he can bounce back, he'll be a, a solid. Well, he was he was sheltered Saint, in Vegas. Yeah, and Yoka Harju is also a solid young piece as well. Like he can hopefully make a step for them. As I said, it's just going to come down to Matt Irwin played in Nashville for a while, so maybe he'll bring some Matthias Ekholm wisdom with him. <laughs> Anyways, I think I think we talked a lot about this division. <laughs> yeah, Casey yeah, Middlestat. Stud. Yeah. Eric Stahl. Stud. All stalls. Studs. One of the best families in hockey. Mark Stahl. Mark No, no. Mark Stahl. Uh, Detroit Red Wings. Stud. Like. Yeah. Um, I. I'm. We didn't even talk about the Red Wings. They could push for the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think the amount of t- time the amount of time we spent on the Red Wings is the amount of time they deserve. That's wow. true. I will say this. I really like Philip Zadina. 
and I think he's going to break out this year. Zadina is a rocket. I, I also like um, Robbie Fabry there for a whole year. Yeah. Because Robbie yeah. Fabry is an underrated player. I'm still shout, shout out. Um, and Manta, shout, if Manta can stay healthy. Yeah. Shout out Guelph Storm, Robbie Fabry. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Let's talk about some Canadian teams, baby. Yeah. This is the most interesting division, in my opinion. Am I right? I, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it is. For sure. Yeah. It's not the like, best. It's, it's not the best, but it's for sure. Oh, okay. Let's start off with like the leaf on. Let's let's get the leaf homer stuff out of the way. Like, no, nah, I'll say that for oh, last. Save it for the end. We got two of us here. Come oh, on. yeah. <laughs> so, you you want my opinion of the north? Hey, you, yeah. You, 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 yeah, you, okay, yeah. okay. I'll start. I'll start because we'll get give your takes on every team and we will uh, we will not interrupt you. First of all, I think Ottawa is making the playoffs. That's my first hot take. Whoa. Whoa, <laughs> that's outlandish. That cannot happen. Okay, a couple reasons. A, I, I think I think Matt Murray will have a bounce back here. Because when you look at his stats, he's only had one bad year. This Penguins guy. Second of all, sh- shut up. <laughs> let, let me. You said you're gonna let me. You said you let me gonna go, and you weren't no, gonna say I did. anything. I did. I did. Nate didn't promise anything. <laughs> Second of all, look at that offense right now. Colin White is one of the un- most underrated players, in my opinion, in the NHL. He's a great scorer. He can play both ways on the ice. I think you add Tim Schultzel to that team. Um, okay, give me a second. I have to pull up the roster for a second. Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk. Like, Shabbat and Branstrom on the back end. Like, they have a good team, man. I think they're going to clinch up the fourth spot in that division. I'm- You're telling me that I, I don't think Edmonton's going to make the playoffs. That's my <laughs> other hot take. Oh my! Uh, wow. Oh. Who do they? Who, okay. 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 The only thing. Okay. 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 Is Ottawa taking? What? Whose spot is Ottawa taking? Edmonton. So who's your four? Okay, Ottawa's my four. Okay, let me just go through everything oh, yeah, and then yeah, we can it, talk about it. it. Okay. I, I, need, my, I need more my, pieces my, of the puzzle for this. I need. One, to, I need to see all the pieces. No, of the number puzzle. one. Is Winnipeg because they have Hellebuck, and I think that they're underrated. Two is Toronto. Toronto is going to be the second in this division, in my opinion. Three is Calgary, and then four is Ottawa. And I think that Vancouver's missing out because they lost too many pieces, and I don't believe in Demko, and I don't believe in Holpe, as we already talked about. He's been a shell himself since Trotz left Washington. So I don't think they're making the playoffs either. You can do that what you will. I think the Leafs are going to finish second. I don't think Vancouver's making the playoffs. I don't think Edmonton's making the playoffs. I don't like Vancouver. Okay. Um, but I don't. I don't love Vancouver either. I don't. I'm not sold on Vancouver as much as I want to put faith in Demko because I took him in multiple fantasy leagues. I don't think he's ready. Um, Holby also, I think, as you said, has been a shell of himself, and I don't know how much of his prior success is going to translate in Vancouver. You're also going to realize how much they, they're going to miss Brandon Tanev. Like, he's one of the more underrated defensemen Tanev, in the NHL. Tanev has been unbelievably solid since. And Tyler Toffoli was such a good top six player for them. And they have so much of their cap in their bottom and six. It's they lost, insane. They lost, their, they lost their most valuable player in Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. And they, replaced, and, they, and they replaced him with an aging former cup winner. That's what former, I remember. Former great goalie. He's, Form, he's four, still, still keyword, highlight, former. Former, former. great goalie. 
okay, listen. All I'm going to say about Vancouver is, although they may not be a playoff team, they are going to be the equivalent to the Miami Dolphins of the NHL this year. Braden Holtby is going to coach up Demko, just like Ryan Fitzmagic did to Tua Tagovailoa. That's what's going to happen there. I but am that, not that, sold that, on the Canucks, but they are better than the Senators. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Keyword. Keyword. Better okay. than the Senators. One word. You didn't so even let me, let me finish my talk about the Senators, but all right, go ahead. I'll let you get this out, Nate, so then I can talk about the Senators later. You can you can you can keep boosting the Senators all you want. All I'm saying is they are not beating out Winnipeg. They are not beating out Edmonton. They are not beating out. Calgary. Yes, they are. Edmonton doesn't have a goalie. Toronto. They are not beating. You're out you're telling me Mike Smith is your starting goalie is a playoff Ottawa team starter. You're insane. Ottawa could genuinely be last place in this division, and I wouldn't blink. They could genuinely be. Last I wouldn't place. either, but I also wouldn't blink if they made four. Like some but of these teams are just so. Calgary, Calgary, and Winnipeg are an unbelievable lock one and two in my mind. That I don't know, even as a even as a Leafs fan, I could not possibly put the Leafs above Calgary right now in my mind. Man, you also forget that they they signed Dadnov in the off season, Ottawa, and I think Dadnov's an underrated player. Dadnov's good. Galchenya, Dadnov, Bafferson, Brown, like. Yeah, but but look at who. Like, what are we talking about here? Tim Stutzel. They're they're gonna be good, but they're like three years away. Brady Kachuk, Colin White. This isn't what pushes you into a playoff spot against solidified. Eric Brandstrom, Thomas Shabbat, Eric Branson. Eric Brandstrom needed a stint in the AHL last year because he was so bad. He he will be great, but he's not not, NHL ready. I'm I'm not gonna pump up Zaitsev because that's not great. But (laughs) of course, okay, Eric Eric Goodbranson. (laughs) Like this team. This team has incredible pieces. They, I have no doubt they will be an incredibly annoying team to play against. I just think, but, I just think Edmonton's going to take a step back. But they're like two years away from competing, man. Come on. Come on. They're, they're not serious yet. They're not a serious team yet. Okay, then tell, tell me, who do you guys have in your top four? We won't even go into the bottom. Tell me who are your top four. In, in no particular order? No, in Please. order. You have, you have to do order. Okay. The flames. You're you're taking flames first. Flames? No, no, no. I'm gonna take the Leafs first. The the Leafs are are probably gonna win the division. I I think flames. Habs. Habs. The Montreal Canadiens will make the playoffs. I love the Habs. The Montreal Canadiens will make. Are you kidding me, man? They're so much more complete. They're way better than Ottawa. Okay, I'll give and you then, that. They and are then, than and Ottawa, then Edmonton but... and Winnipeg will fight for the fourth spot. Edmonton, okay. Edmonton will be fighting Winnipeg because is they better, don't. Winnipeg is better than Montreal. Edmonton Winnipeg's will be fighting Montreal. Winnipeg doesn't have a single defenseman other than Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk. Yeah. Who else do they have? Dylan DeMello. He was all right. No, he's good. Buddy. Edmonton, they Edmonton, they have Edmonton, the best. They have Edmonton, Connor Edmonton, Hellebuck. Be t- Edmonton, if Edmonton gets yeah, league you average goaltending, John Gibson and Anaheim with no defense. You can have look at what Hellebuck did last year with no defense. They made it to the playoffs. Yeah, in a stacked also, central. In a, in, in a so stacked you, central. Okay, but you're gonna say you're just gonna put them in the playoffs. I, th- I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I think they'll probably make it ahead of Edmonton. But he needs to be a Vesna caliber goalie for them to do that. I think you can do it again. The indication back to back Vesna's there, I agree. But I mean, I'm just saying, because you have a Vesna performance doesn't mean you win the Vesna. They, they have they have an incredible forward group. Yeah, 
the, I'm, I don't know why okay. I'm arguing about this. They're, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Ottawa is not going to make the playoffs. The Montreal Canadiens are way better than the Senators are. They're way back on this. I think the I think Montreal. I think Montreal is overhyped. I think they're I think they're very overhyped. I think people are a lot of Sportsnet people too are really overhyping them because like okay, just because your two young centers had one good series doesn't mean they're going to be amazing in an NHL season i know like but, i love but the I ottawa senators Suzuki. don't have any yeah, but the, the senators don't have any players that have had any good series yeah because they haven't made the playoffs yet but they exactly <laughs> because they're bad <laughs> because they're so bad and they're, they're not, not gonna make it this year they actually have goaltending this year no they but don't they, they have, have they have you're matt murray who can't you're, okay 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 everyone what's you're saying that matt murray isn't a top 20 goalie in the nhl Wait, what's your constituting sir. contention over a top 20 goalie? What Shut are up. Talking wait, about? wait I'm, I'm starting at a baseline. Oh I'm starting at a baseline. God. Is Matt Murray a top 20 goalie? Yes or no? Well, That's all I'm asking. Be? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So if Here's he's... my question for you. Let's say, let's say at, at, at worst, he's a top 20 goalie in the NHL. At Here's my worst. question for you. I have two questions for you. From the blue line out, who is a better roster, Ottawa or Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Can Matt Murray be better than Connor Hellebuck was last year? But I think that they don't Can have to Matt Murray be better than Connor Hellebuck was last year? I think he has been better, but I don't think he will be. But they're not going to make the playoffs. That's the only team that they're a toss-up with. In my mind, you, you have you, okay. You, this guy's like, calling up Edmonton. They don't have a goalie. Who do they have on defense? Like, I'm sorry, but like Edmonton is not. Edmonton's got, not making the playoffs. <laughs> they got Ethan Bear. <laughs> <laughs> they have pl- plenty of mediocre talent who will somehow get it done because they have McDavid because and they have McDavid Drysaddle who will score 50 goals somehow. They are the they are the new Pittsburgh Penguins, and people are they're not, not making the playoffs. Yeah, I'm in no way discrediting Ottawa. As you said, David, they have plenty of potential for a few years down the road. They are not beating the number one seed, the Calgary Flames. There's no chance. They're way too I deep. didn't say they're I they're gonna they're not beating I know, Calgary. I know they're not beating Calgary, but let me I just, never said that. Just let me work through this. Calgary one, <laughs> Toronto two. I we all agreed that Toronto's two though, right? Yeah, we did. No, Ed- I think Toronto's taking the top Edmonton, spot. Edmonton is my four right now. Okay, who's your third? You skipped over three. My third is still Winnipeg. I'm, I'm I, I, disagree, I disagree with, with Edmonton. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is zero chance in my mind after the year that they both put up last year, regardless of who they have. They could have six blind sticked individuals on the blue I, line. I, I, I think Vancouver has a better shot of making the playoffs than the Oilers do. Oh my, Curtis, Curtis, you're hurting my brain. You're hurting my brain, man. Oh. David, you're gonna, you're gonna, you, you think that that's a hot you take? You think, you think no, Vancouver's no, no, no. a worse team than Edmonton? No, I think, I think, I think they'll both be pretty middling. They're gonna, they're gonna be, if not the exact same, Edmonton will have the it, edge. Okay, at least when the Penguins were good, they had goalie. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have yeah, Edmonton doesn't have a goalie right now. You're not, telling me, yeah, but, but, but the Penguins, but the, the saying, Penguins were cup winners at that time. We're not arguing. Yeah, we're no, say, we're saying the, the foundation of the of the Penguins were Crosby and Malkin. The foundation of the Oilers 
yeah, just and they didn't, dry and they didn't win cups until yeah, until they actually got ex- exactly. Cups. We're, we're not we're not arguing whether they're going to win a cup. You are, you they're are just going to be better than Ottawa. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with you saying hinging, they're better than Ottawa, but they're not going to make the playoffs. No, you're hinging your argument off of the fact that Matt Murray is a top twenty goaltender and that he's more of a goalie than no. I just said at worst he's a top twenty goalie in my opinion. At worst. No, but you're saying that their lack of goaltending is going to hide. Like last year, statistically, he was a top 20 goalie in the NHL. Yeah, but I'm not arguing that he's a top 20 goalie. But like, all I'm saying is he's not going to get it any more done than any goalie that strolls into Edmonton. They're going to have the exact same shape. Yes, he is. He's better than any goalie that strolls into Edmonton. Any goalie in this league but in this division is better. I would take Leroy Brassois over fucking talent. Mike Smith this year. Proven like, talent. Edmonton has proven talent who will perform every single game. And Ottawa a deeper offense. Ottawa does not. And, and you can look at you can look outside of McDavid and Drysdale. Like they, Yamamoto was a stud in the time that he they, played last year. They, 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 they're deeper on offense. They got like guys like Kyle Turris for the bottom six. Jesse Pugliarvi's going to be coming. Okay. Like Chase don't, don't come at me with Kyle Turris. Like, let's look at how Kyle Turris has played <laughs> since he left Ottawa. Don't come at me, David, with no, Kyle Turris. I'm saying they, they don't – they have pieces outside – of they didn't they get Dominic Cahoon and Ryan Nugent Hopkins is yeah, probably no, Ryan, no, Ryan Nugent Hopkins Dominic, would, no Dominic Cahoon isn't he still in Chicago I thought that you know I'm checking the captain right now he's on he's on uh, Edmonton also you can't tell me that Ryan Nugent Hopkins would immediately be the first line center on Ottawa yeah he, he would. would he, he would. would and and yeah. there are times where he'll probably He's who, probably going to be their second line putting? center on, on Edmonton or the top wing with McDavid. But he, 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 if he was playing his, his role, he'd be third line center on Edmonton. Honestly, I think, I, I think Tim Schultz is my first line center in Ottawa. He's got to, he's got to prove it. Like he's, he's incredible. He's going to be a star. I'm not, I, I think he, he's going to be a star he, in this league. Okay. But you, you can't, okay, let, you immediately, me, no, will, nobody gets immediately will, thrown into the first okay. line center. Spot. I will backstep the fact that I think that Ottawa will make the playoffs. You guys <laughs> have made some good points, but also I don't think Edmonton will make the playoffs. Is that a fair I assessment? I don't either. My top your four, argument is just saying about how my Ottawa argument is makes Edmonton, no sense when your Edmonton, Edmonton arguments makes less sense. If Edmonton isn't the four, it's Montreal. It's not Ottawa. And if it's not Montreal's Montreal, the then it's Vancouver. Ottawa is Montreal's, okay. Montreal's going to make the playoffs. Okay, this is, my definitive, this, this is my definitive picks. One, I know this is a hot take, Winnipeg. Two, I think Toronto. Three, Calgary. And I think four is going to be Vancouver. Okay, and I will do mine. Calgary one, Toronto two, Winnipeg three, Edmonton four. Locked. Locked All in right. Here's Vancouver my lock. Five, Montreal six, Ottawa seven. Toronto, Calgary, Winnipeg, Montreal. And I think Edmonton, Vancouver will pretty much be a toss up. And then you have Ottawa. What are we talking about here, boys? What are we what are we talking about? Montreal plays Edmonton's harder. not making the playoffs. Montreal, Montreal cares. Montreal, Montreal cares more. NHL. Montreal cares more than any other team in this league. The way they play, they look like they care more than anybody in this league. And now they actually you, have some talent. Now they I, were so, they were devoid of offensive talent for so long. Everybody on some. that team will put in effort one hundred percent of the time and will always throw hits. That is the difference. They and so why are you? Ottawa, then why, then why so, do you? Ottawa. Ottawa does the same thing that Montreal has, except they have far less talent. Yep. And they don't. And they don't have Carey Price and Jake Allen. 
like, I just realized in this segment when I'm editing this, my I'm gonna like destroy my eardrums trying to edit this segment because of all the yelling in this segment. Probably. I will Probably. I will say I'm I'm not I'm no better. I'm not gonna throw stones when I'm living in a glass house, but you did progressively escalate the volume of conversation. <laughs> You are very passionate about Ottawa. And I'm not here to slander Ottawa. As I said, they've I think Ottawa will be better than a lot of people think. So do and I. I don't that, but and you know what? Their jerseys, so sick. Their jerseys are clean. The new logo, I love it. I love so them. awesome. I love the new logo. Although, although this new but, range of the divisions is great that we get all the Canadian teams in one division, a team like Ottawa is kind of getting shafted here. Like, you're getting a lot of promising well, teams. No, Ottawa has a very chance of making it. Okay, no, wait, wait, wait. If Otto was in the West, <laughs> then I'd give them a fighting chance. Okay, wait, 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 First of all, on that statement, I think that they have a worse chance of making the playoffs if they're, if they're in the Atlantic Division, to be honest, because you got Tampa, Boston, who are I think better than any team in this division, maybe besides Toronto. No, 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 they're. Oh, I would say besides Calgary. Calgary, Calgary is my one for me. Like as much as I want to say Toronto, I just think. Nate, who who are your top players on Calgary though? Like my like just individual players. Yeah, like who who do you think are the best players on Calgary? I mean, no particular order. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau, of course, jumps off the page. I mean, now that you bring in Markstrom, I think Markstrom is now like one yeah. of the best goalies in this division. For they sure. also they also lost TJ Brody this summer. We forgot that. But they but they got Brandon Tanev. Yeah, I was gonna That's say that. That's true. I like Tanev, so you're basically trading an apple for an orange. They're not the same. Tanev. They're not, they're not the same, but in terms of like what you're gonna get, he's older. He's got more mileage. What, like he, what hand does Tanev shoot game. again? Right. So he'll play with um, Giordano then. No, no, probably it'll probably be oh. Rasmus Anderson. Yeah. Oh, that's who's incredibly underrated. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Calgary is they need Monahan and Goudreau to be what they were two years ago. Yeah. And not because, last year because last because year they weren't good. They weren't good. Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm and probably Dylan Dubé are. Lindholm was. Like Lindholm's a stud and they will probably be the crux of the offense on that team and I think if Goudreau Monaghan put up middling 40 point seasons that's not enough you need a lot more from from those two stars like they could they the keep in mind stars. We, only, we are only playing 56 games a season but yeah, yeah. exactly exactly no but if you only get 40 points from Goudreau Monaghan that's think, not yeah that's what I'm, I'm saying that for the audience that we're only playing 56 oh, yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. to put in context what you're saying because in a normal need, season people... more because, because I think I think Calgary can easily be the number one spot, but they, in order for that, they need pretty much point they, per game. And they need Markstrom to be a Vesna candidate again. Well, and they need Markstrom to be like a nine fifteen. That I think with the fact that you now have Markstrom in, or sorry, uh, backing up a great defensive core and also a great offensive core, who although they didn't play the potential last year, still has the potential to light it up. I think that hmm. Calgary is the premier team for that reason. They they aside from Toronto, in my opinion. And well, and Winnipeg, you have to throw Halibut into the mix and even price depending on his health. But they're one of the only teams that I think is complete in this division because of how well not only Markstrom played last year, but how well he's going to play this year with how good of a team he has in front of him. He and does have a better team than he did in Vancouver last year. I would yeah, argue that. I think that's going to go a long way. And I think that's something that people are going to overlook when they put the Torontos or the Winnipegs or even some people who are extremely high on Edmonton put them ahead of Calgary. I just. I think that's one thing that definitely Calgary has going forward, like is a huge plus for them is the fact that they have a guy who is proven, who's, you know, he's going to come in and perform, especially with that kind of, that kind of strength in front of them, I think could only, could only spell good things. I think 
Calgary is definitely poised to make the deepest playoff run out of all the Canadian teams. I just think the Leafs are going to take the regular season purely based off of they have the most skill out of any team in that division. Matthews is also down 15 pounds. So apparently everyone out of camp is saying he's looking better than ever. I think it's hard for Matthews to... Matthews he's has already still been a carrying. Giant too. <laughs> like still Ma- a giant. Matthews last year, I think a lot of people forget if the season didn't Matthews end early last year, should have been in heart conversations. 50. He should have scored fifty goals last year. Matthews, Matthews should have been in the heart conversation, purely based off, off of how bad the Leafs were and how good he was. Yeah, that was he, the Leafs were terrible last year. I, and I Matthews think Matthews kept them in so many games. I think the thing that about you know also having two Leafs fans on the podcast is that we kind of forget about some of the players on that team. Cause you just think about it, like the, the lack of uh, performance in the playoffs that a lot of these guys have had. Mm-hmm. And I, I do agree. Like, I think the, for me personally, I think it's between Winnipeg and Toronto for that top spot, because I think with Brody Toronto becomes instantly a better defensive team. Him and Riley as a top pairing will be amazing. And then uh, I'm blanking his name, but the guy they got from the KHL to play in on their, probably their bottom pair. Yeah, he's got he's gonna improve their their depth even more. He, so we're we're gonna lose him next year. He I think I think he's gonna be that good that we're just yeah. not gonna be able to afford him next year. Even with, that with or the Leafs, he honestly might get picked in the expansion draft. Honestly, and that won't bother me because that just means that he was that good this year. Okay, right, right. Uh, Dave. While we have you on, I do want to, and it's funny you mentioned the uh, the expansion draft do you think and there's been a lot of talk i was talking about it with my friends before i actually hopped on the pod do you see it being realistic that the leafs don't protect Tavares in the expansion draft they have oh, to because wow. doesn't he have, does he have a no move it doesn't he have an, yeah i appreciate it so they move. they have to if he has a no yeah, move i think he does have i don't know move. david you have cap friendly up right because i think um, that would have- Tavares, yeah he has a no movement clause so they have to they have to protect him unless he waves in yeah, and he's not going to wave it. Oh, there's no way. The thing, the thing is, when when people talk about the Leafs letting Tavares go, you have to understand that I get it from like a financial perspective because he, it's the same though, conversation like, as it's the same conversation like, as people wanting to get yeah. rid of Nylander, and I don't think that's smart. Either one of those. I mean, I you could like even go though, Nylander, but even though Tavares took less money to be here, he's still getting paid a lot of money. But you have to think about the perspective of the room and outsiders and everybody because he took less money to be here and he came home. Right. What, what does it look like? What, what does that make the GM and all the other suits in the organization look like if they were to let Tavares go clowns? Exactly. You're not, you're not pulling free agents after that. A lot of free agents after that. Like there's no loyalty. Honestly, I don't know. Um, if I'm looking at the Leafs right now, I think this is this has to be their year because, like, when you think about it, they're going to be playing against the Canadian. The ways that the playoffs are set up, they're playing against Canadian they're, teams to start. They're finally poised to break through because they're not playing against they're the Bruins or someone that can. Yeah. I would argue that last year was really their only. Last year was their shot. Di- was was no no last year was like their first truly disappointing year. Because they've, okay, had, they've, had, is, they've, had, pen- they've had upsetting years, but they've been up against Boston and they're playing against Tampa in the Atlantic. Like those are the teams that they're competing against who have been cup contending and cup winning teams. Yeah. They should have beaten Columbus.
now last year was was really their first disappointing year and now this year with you know tougher spots are, are selected in, in each division this is really their first year that they're poised to break out of the first round but i think even like would you Nate, would you really be satisfied if they were to lose in the second round this year of all years no like the the yeah. alignment, the alignment exactly. this, is, this is the alignment's chance like or sorry this is the least chance through this alignment this is their like godsend like this yeah. was this was like the nhl saying hey we're finally gonna lo- allow you guys to not get fucked by boston for the 10th <laughs> year in a row we're gonna give you a shot to mm. just earn it yourself and not get an unhealthy not not be dealt an ace and a two of spades i mean it's but also like when you I know, like, you guys are blessed with this, but I also think in some levels that, like, the rounds that you have gone through Boston is going to prepare you for this year. And I think oh, the heartbreak... Thing. And I think I think the heartbreak from this last season is kind of the equivalent to... I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, I think it was all the way back in, like, 2014-2015 where uh, it was Penguins versus Flyers in the first round and Briz Galloff and Flurry couldn't stop a fucking puck. And the Penguins oh, lost. Flurry was brutal. I remember when, that. Year. When they and and they should and they should have and they were like cup contenders, but they like just couldn't stop a pox. Did they lose like the Rangers the the year before that or something? Yeah, too? yeah. And then the Rangers made it to the playoffs. So I see the same like it's the same stepping stones you guys had as the Penguins had until they went on their like yeah. two and two year. Yeah. So, the thing with the Leafs is like I don't know what it looks like from an outsider's perspective, but I maintain that if they had Kadri and either those series against Boston, they probably would have won. I agree. But I would have won. And they took as, them. As, they took them. They choked. They choked. They took them to game seven every year, though. Uh, the game, the series against Washington, well, it seems so long ago now, and there are so many different players, but it was one goal games every single game. Mm-hmm. Took Boston to game seven. And then Columbus was truly the first disappointing, like, you are scum. <laughs> Get off my screen. <laughs> I felt like you know? I, I think we also forget this is gonna yeah. be the first time that Sheldon Keefe has had a full season to a coach full the season. Oh, it's gonna be great. And I think you're not gonna see like those dumb decisions that no offense, Babcock, but you made some pretty fucking yeah. he had his toys. He had his toys. Yeah. yeah. Like the more the more that we're seeing Toronto sports kind of evolve with like the new era of players and management, you're starting to see a lot of similarities with the way that these like organizations are taking their management. Like Nick Nurse is very equivalent to Sean to Chunky from my in my opinion. They they mm-hmm. they kind of I don't know, I don't really know how to say it. Like they kind of the way that they organize their team, like not only on paper in terms of their talent, but the way that they're coached and the way that they're instilled in each other that all you need is to buy in. Like that's the biggest thing here. And like I wouldn't be surprised this year, especially like if the least were to take the mentality of some of the like their fellow Canadian teams, like we've talked about, like the Montreals, the Edmontons who kind of just buy in and um, and willingly just will play to their absolute best in order to try to get a win, regardless of whether or not it's yeah. playing to the board. And the thing is, was... all that the Leafs take is just to buy in. Like, we have the size to throw hits, but no one wants to throw hits. It, it, that was a huge issue with the Leafs last year was their straight-up games where they just looked like they didn't, they didn't care, that they just did not care about winning. And what I love about this year's team is that they, they have a chance to throw out a line – of Kerfoot, Hyman, and Simmons with Muzzin and Bogosian on the back end, which could be like the most annoying lineup to play <laughs> that the Leafs have had in 15 years. Yeah. I, I think also while we're on the Leafs, I kind of just quickly before we kind of wrap things up, I want your guys' opinion with Jumbo playing on the first line because I was kind of taken aback by that when okay. I heard about it. <laughs> but like, to be honest, like, 
I think that's going to do more good than harm, in my opinion. Like, at the end of the day, he and and I know that might be <laughs> sort of a hot take. Like, guys, guys on year twenty or some along those yeah. lines, he's up there in age. Of course, he's not moving. Oh like, my god. David's eye roll there was insane, the only, by the, the only, way. The only reason I could see that kind of working, I don't think it's going to be the best setup they could possibly have, but the only reason I think it could work is because he does have experience. And the thing mm. is, the guy knows how to put the puck in the net. The guy knows how to win games. The guy knows how to buy in. So, like, at the end of the day, you're going to have guys who would come in and attempt to play that role who I don't think are going to play it as well as Joe. I just I, I just think he's a, he's a little he's slow old. for the yeah. guys he's playing with. But that's my the only thing. thing. The thing is, yes, he is a little slow, but you got to also have to look at who he played with last year. He played with Kevin LeBanc and Marcus Sorensen, who are speedy, skilled players, right? And I don't think that Jumbo – He's first of all, I just want to say he's probably – top five players of all time for me. Like I, I absolutely adore Jumbo I Joe and Why I was jumping up and down in joy. That sucks. <laughs> because we would have had to pay $15 million. Um, That's true. I don't think he's going to stick with Marner Matthews, but I don't think he's exactly going to be detrimental mm-hmm. to, to the team in that way. And besides, yeah, he is in like year 87 of his career. And there's the taxi squad is like, such a beneficial thing for the Leafs when they have brought on these older guys like Spezza and Thornton. And then you have the thing with the Leafs is they have so much depth and they finally have depth defensively too. Like this is the first time that, that help is really on the way. Cause yeah. You Travis said, you said, you said, on the outside jump. looking in right now. Yeah. Like you said out. Yeah. Travis Dermott. And I'd argue Rasmus Sandin is, I, I wouldn't put him yeah. as a regular in this lineup. Yeah. I won't put him as a regular. Because the no, left side Rasmus is... Sandin and Timothy Lilligren are starting in the AHL this year. When whenever that starts, I'm pretty sure it starts at the Sandino, end of February. But... Get his fair shake next and year. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll get a lot of the season next year. Just because, yeah, they, they finally have depth in that position. They, I mean, you got Riley, Muzzin, Lettinen, Brody, who's probably going to be the right side, and then Justin Hole, Zach Bogosian. Like you, you finally have people who are more—I'd say more capable than Sandine because he has such a high ceiling, but he's just not there yet. Apparently, he's improved physically, which is good. That was like my biggest issue with him. Yeah. Um, but I think the ta- my, my point is the taxi squad could really benefit the Leafs because they have so many good outsiders looking in. Like Nick Robertson isn't even in the lineup right now. They yeah. they can be a threat with with very different bottom sixes in their forwards and defense. Uh, I, I think, I think also possible. Sorry. Also, we have a backup goalie. We finally have yeah. a backup goalie. That too. I, I just think qu- quickly, sorry. I just wanted to add this. I think the reason why Robinson isn't on this team is because they don't want to give up a year of like, an extra year. Yeah. 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 I think he's better than some of the players that are going to start opening night, which is tonight. But I think, you know, I'm so it just doesn't. It's, it just doesn't make sense for them to start them this year. Like they're so deep. Yeah, and, and the Leafs like, will always do well by their KHL signing. So that Berbanov is going to be in the lineup. Letting him will be in the lineup. I'm not. I'm not mad about that. To be honest, I, so I like the line. I like the my only my only question is that like so with I don't, we don't know what's going on with Junior. So is he going to go down to? Did he play with Peterborough last year? Yeah. Is he going to go down to Peterborough or he's going to go down to the Marlies? Because if he goes down to Peterborough. I think that's a problem because I think he's so too good I. for Peterborough. He's way too but if he goes good. down he's to scored. the Marlies, then okay, the Lar- Marlies might win the Calder Cup this year if he goes down to the Marlies. Think about the defense core. I, I think the Marlies are the least for something like that. And like, they'll, they'll, they'll probably like Aaron Dell. 
Yeah, they'll have Aaron Dell as goalie. They'll have um, Pierre Engvall down there. Like they'll have a bunch of guys down mm-hmm. there. They'll be a good AHL team. The thing is, this this year, and I feel like I say it every th- like this this year, and I think we talked about it the last podcast we had. The Leafs offseason moves, even even before they made the majority of their moves on the back end, even when it was just the move of Simmons and it was just the move of I think it was Brody, they had already done more to improve that team in those two moves than anything that was done in like the two or three years before that. And I'm very confident going into this year that with who we got in on the back end, as you said, Dave, to kind of solidify that bottom or our uh, six defenseman for us. And I think that'll provide a lot of variety opportunity for a guy like Sheldon Keefe, who loves to move the lineup around to keep things fresh. I think that's going to be a big plus for us going forward in order to kind of have pluggable pieces at different parts of our mm-hmm. lineup. And I think yeah. like this year of many others, like I actually have a lot of promise for this team. Like this team could be the number one team in the North. They could be. It'll just yeah. One, I, one more, one go. more point well, I'll make with the Leafs before I let I, Curtis move on. Um, is Morgan Riley is finally going to be optimized. Morgan yeah. Riley has always been neutralized by his, by his defense pairings. Um, I don't think Ron Hainsey was like the worst thing for him, but he wasn't great. And Cody CC is, is Cody CC, but he's finally, if he ends up playing with TJ Brody consistently, like that's a guy who can optimize him rather than neutralize yeah. him. And he can finally go back to what he was. I don't think he's gonna put up seventy like a point per game season again. But you could put up like, like, without blinking. I I, I, I think, wouldn't even blink an eye at that. He could probably put up like eight goals this year too. Yeah, I think that the main thing for the Leafs, the honestly, the reason why I have Winnipeg ahead of them is that um, basically I don't know how I feel about Anderson's first month every year, and that mm. and maybe you could disagree with me, but. And maybe you could just say, well, if he has a couple shaky starts, then you go to um, you can yeah you put in Campbell, you Campbell in. But like my whole thing is that like because it's such a short season, yeah, you, you need can't have a shaky. Yeah. If you're gonna win first in this division, yeah, you need to be consistent. Yeah. The, the way and the way I'm Freddy's not... season usually goes is is like a rough month, and then November to December, he's like the number one Vesna candidate. He is I agree, hands yeah. down the best goal in the league, and then he'll tail off for a little bit, get really hot again, and then he'll sort of just be kind of neutral through into the playoffs because he's yeah just i think tired. after usually it goes really but, good and then he kind of like middle yeah. of the road rest of the but way. it's you you bring up chris it's a shorter season too so and we have a much more capable backup in jack campbell now plus depth in the position with um with the uh, aaron dell it's a short season he's not gonna be as burnt out as he was frederick anderson in his tenure with the leafs has played the most minutes and faced the most shots of any goalie in the nhl and I do not understand how this fan base is starting to turn on him. I, I don't get it. I think he's a really solid goalie who's let up so many goals in the playoffs, but I mean, the entire who, who needs a contract next year, which will be interesting. Exactly. And he, exactly. He's in a contract year, shorter season. So he will be fresher and he's got nothing to lose. Like, and yeah, like the, the, the terrible month thing was more of a first two seasons that he didn't have had, a good first month last year. Did he? Yeah. It, it, but it wasn't as bad. And his third year, he was actually really good in his first month. So I don't really know what to expect from him coming in now because after another long break, he was really good against the Blue Jackets. But I think he will return to form in the sense that he'll be a 9-12 to 9-16 goalie, especially since he has that safety net now and, with Jack Campbell. And that's and, all we need. But that's also motivation for him. And that's exactly that's what we need. I can't lie So, Yeah. I have faith in Freddie. He's been our MVP pretty much every season that he's been on the team. I think one thing that I'm kind of 
overlooking with Freddie, especially is with a solidified top six, like defenseman who they have now, he's going to face significantly less shots or at least have the potential to face a lot less, less shots. quality well, shots. Well, you, you hope so. We don't like, yeah. I think it's, no, I think it's also this, this team play like, yeah, that, right? is so. that he faces less good quality shots, keep him more mm-hmm. rested over back to backs and occasions like that. And I think with all those things, like if he stays fresh for a lot more of these games, a lot shorter starts, a lot less shots, possible shutouts here and there. He could have probably one of the best seasons and, he's had since before he came to the Leafs. And a big Babcock thing was only playing backups on the second half of a back-to-back. Campbell will probably get more consistent starts than just – if he only gets back-to-back starts, I'm, I'm really mad at Sheldon Keith. I could, I, could that's not, it, I could see it getting into like a 65-35 split, if not a 60 yeah. like I, I, I think I think it has to be a 60-40. Yeah. I think it needs to be – well, since it is only a 56 season, I think it almost needs to be like, I don't, I'm terrible at math, so I can't do 56. Freddie starts 35 games. Something like go. that. Yeah, like 30-30, like something like that. Like kind of like that same gist where like you split it between Campbell and Freddie because then you can ride really rested Freddie in the playoffs. Because my thing about yeah. Freddie is while people say he's bad in the playoffs, I would argue he's tired in the playoffs he's not i think bad. he's tired in the like playoffs. you can see that he's physically slower in the playoffs moving across the crease so and but the, the weird thing about freddie is he gets better the uh heavier workload he has so that that's the thing that's the thing that's intriguing about him so let's say let's say the blue line is better but they're still giving up like 30 shots a game he'll get that heavier workload within a game but then lighter workload throughout the season so I, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. That's a, that's a big question mark storyline for the Leafs is what will their crease look like? Because I think they made improvements on everything else. It's just a matter of can Freddie be himself or will he be exhausted? I think for the Leafs to win the cup this year, they need Fresno to, or sorry, Freddie, at least in the playoffs to be Fresno. Uh, Fresno. Fresno. Freddie for the Fresno. Freddie the Fresno. Freddie for the Fresno. I mean, I think he needs to be like a Vezina quality goalie in order for them to win like the president mm-hmm. this year. If they're if they're gonna be one of those like top tier teams, I yeah. think they're like just below that, in my opinion. I think I yeah, I don't tier. think they're in that tier. They're not they're not in a Colorado Vegas tier. Or like Washington or Philly or yeah, like any other of those teams. Yeah. They're probably sorry, Nate, what were you saying? No, I said or even Tampa. You or Tampa, know. yeah. Like they're not in that tier. But they, this is definitely the best chance that they've had in years to finally break through. I agree. Watch I them agree. not make I, the playoffs quickly before we uh, watch Ottawa replace them. Quickly before uh, we finish the uh, podcast and kind of wrap things up, who's your guys' pick to win the cup this year? Really early, like way too early oh, predictions. God, who wins um, the cup? Nate no wrong answers team. besides apparently Ottawa. Ottawa is the only wrong answer here. I mean, and maybe Detroit. Um, I think LA is a pretty wrong answer, but I think, yeah. <laughs> Detroit, Detroit's a pretty wrong answer too. But. Detroit's a pretty wrong at Anaheim. Um, I guess I'll, I'll go with the same pick I had last year in Vegas. They got better. They somehow got better than they were, which is cr- like they got Laner for a full season now, who's probably going to be their starting goalie. Like let's be honest, Laner's a lot better than Flurry. Well, once and he gets Petrangelo. back from his injury, yeah. I didn't know he was injured. And Petrangelo. So that seems just so good. I'm just going to keep picking them until they win the cup. <laughs> um, my pick my pick's also going to be in that same division, but it is not going to be Vegas. My pick is going to be the Colorado Avalanche. I think last year they were poised to make – I think I think 
for a lot of their management, a lot of the players in that organization, I think they were a bit disappointed by the result last year. I think by the way that they were playing and how hot they were going into the playoffs, I think a lot of people within that organization expected more. And I think, I don't think spectators or even casual fans should be surprised this year when Colorado comes out with a fire lit under their ass already. And all these young players who made great strides last year end up coming in looking like absolute bona fide studs. So I think Colorado is definitely my Burakovsky. favorite division. Burakovsky, I really like as well. Andre Burakovsky. Um, the I, really, I, I genuinely really like Colorado this year. And I think I, for my sake, I really want to see McKinnon succeed. And I really like the core of that team. And I love the makeup and the way that they play. Uh, I think the biggest, just the biggest X factor for them is just going to be health. I mean, a lot of times last year, they kind of had to rejig their lineup, like due to a few uh, core injuries here and there. So if over this 56 game span, if they can stay healthy for the majority of it, not have to make too many unnecessary moves and roster changes. I think this, this is definitely Colorado's year in my mind. I, I think for me, I'm going to go with the other uh, side of, of the, or sorry, of the continent and I'm going with Philadelphia. I think, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are sleeping on Carter Hart. I think he, mm-hmm. personally, if I was to pick my award finalist right now, I think Hart's in that conversation for Vezina after this year. I think he's going to be that good. And I think, you know, Philadelphia just has so much young scoring depth on that team. Joel Farabee's one guy to mention. You could talk about Nolan Patrick having a bounce back year. You know, all those kind of guys, I think you, it's hard Morgan to Morgan Frost. Morgan Frost. Like, even even if you some of those guys, like, say COVID happens, they have Isaac Radcliffe. Like, they got a lot of good prospects in the minors that they can call up for to, to play on this team. So, I'm saying them. I also think, you know, Ivan Proverov, one of the most underrated uh, two-way defenseman in the NHL I think you know him with I think as I already mentioned when we talked about them you know Hag um, Braun I think it's gonna be uh, Hag, Provorov yeah. and Braun was the lineups I saw when I was researching for my article but and that's gonna be a really good top pairing because I really like uh, Justin Braun in my opinion as a defenseman especially defensive defenseman so I think they could I think they're my cup pick right now but if I was going to go like a little bit more of like a dark horse, like a lot of people don't see them coming. I think I would look towards Toronto. I think, you know, I, I not to get your guys hopes up, but like, I think they have an easy path to the finals, to the Eastern conference finals. I think through the, through the North, I think they can take every one of those teams in the North in the playoffs, in my opinion, maybe unless like a goalie gets really hot, then, you know, that happens to everyone. I get that. But I think, you know, Toronto's one of the better teams in this league. Oh, sorry, in this league. And they also don't have to league, uh, and they and they don't have to go against guys like Boston, Tampa, Washington, mm. Philly, Pittsburgh. These other teams are going to get grinded down for the first couple rounds, and I think Toronto is going to have kind of an easier path because they're going to play a not to offend other Canadian franchises, Montreal, uh, you know, whoever is in that bottom of that division. I think, you know, yeah. they're going to have an easier time than if they played a Tampa-Boston I think, whoever. I think much like you were talking about, I think the Leafs, the one thing that they have going for them for sure is much like Philly. They have their the path. Yeah. They're not only their path, but I think their ability to bring in guys from their farm system in order to kind of rehabilitate and restart the team at any point, or even to just provide familiar faces and fresh legs, I think is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you kind of replace a little bit of uh, early picks on uh, some possible candidates from some awards. I just wanted to throw this little dark horse hot take into the hat. Uh, I think Demko with a good season could possibly break into the Vesna conversation. 
that is a very hot take. But I think if he ends up winning the starting job over Holtby and he pushes them to a high seed in the North, I think he's got a shot. Maybe. I, I think I think if they make the playoffs, he has a Vesna case. I don't know if he wins it. I no, think he's a that's case. Saying. It comes on the back of them making the playoffs. And he would also have to beat out Holtby for the job, which we don't even know how Holtby's going to play this year. So, Yeah. I mean, just to go into a little bit more detail to match you guys with uh, your cup picks, I guess I'll just elaborate more on my Vegas pick. Um, this team, I mean, they also have a fire under the rest. They, they lost to Dallas last year, despite pretty much outplaying them in every single game. I don't know how much of that series you guys watched, but they were yeah. throwing everything at the net. Hudobin was was a maniac. It was pretty impressive to see. Honestly, so like they, what happened to them is kind of what happened when they played uh, Winnipeg that year and helped yeah. just stole that series from yeah. them. So exactly, they, they've they've had so many close chances now. Like they've made the Cup final. And their team has just gotten better and better every single year. Sure, they, they might have sacrificed some locker room chemistry in the sense that they keep trading out these players for stars. But um, they, they're this rare team that has the ability to, to kill you in Corsi, but also kill you physically. Like they, they hit a lot despite maintaining possession of the puck. And I think Theodore is a dark horse to be a Norris candidate in the coming seasons, if not this year. They have Petrangelo. You have one of the best two-way forwards just by being a winger in the league in Mark Stone. He can probably be a Selkie candidate. And then you just – they have such good depth as well. It, they're such an all-around good team. I don't see – and they have so much playoff experience at this point too. I just don't see them not being a lock for a contender, like a Final Four contender. Quickly, I also just want to add to my Philadelphia conversation that like I think underrated tandem is Harden Elliott. I think Elliott's played really well since mm-hmm. going to Philly. So – even if, you know, Hart kind of like, kind of like has a stumble in the middle of the season, I think they can go to Elliott for like a three, four, five game stretch and he can play, he won't play Vesna quality because that's not what Elliott is anymore. I think he'll play above average goaltending for them. And that's all they need with that group is above average goaltending, someone to not let in beach balls. And honestly, that's why the Pittsburgh Penguins and, and the, the, the Philadelphia Flyers rivalry has like not been good for the last five years because they haven't had a goalie and now they have goaltending. Mm-hmm. And that's why as because like for do. that for, yeah. for for that pick, I have to take off my penguins jersey. Like it hurts so much to say that the Flyers will win the cup. Like it pains me inside as a Penguins fan. But like to be like honest, like they have a really good shot of making it to the mm-hmm. to the cup, in my opinion. And like we already said, I'll just quickly say again, you know, because I know you guys can't say it because you, you don't want to feel like homers, but I think the Leafs have a good shot of winning the cup this year. They're kind of my dark horse, but. I think they do. Yeah. Nah. Although, again, Not... as we've said, we said this in years past and we look at what happens. So I don't want to say anything on night one. Before I'm just going to watch. Play yeah, I'm just that's, watch. That's, why I'm, that's why I'm saying it. That's why you guys and are saying it. I watch them blow 4 1 and then I end up taking a bottle to my face and then it's my night. So I'm yeah. just going to not put the cart before the horse. I wish also, they're going to play well regardless, but I wish. Really quickly, to every Habs fan watching this, so all I see for some reason is the Habs talking about how they swept the Leafs last year. You played Michael Hutchinson every single game. Those games do not count. So I wanted also, to say. Also, Wayne Simmons is going to decapitate Max Domi when they play. So don't get no, Max no, no, Domi no. plays uh, on Columbus. Brennan Gallagher. <laughs> Sorry, Gallagher. Yeah. Max Domi's on Columbus now. I forgot. But, him. Yeah. I forgot he moved. Josh Anderson. Josh, Josh Anderson. Um, but on that... On that note, I guess, um, yes. David, do you have anything you want to plug real quick? Um, no, not much, really. I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Appreciate it. 
Thanks for coming, it's, man. It's fun, fun talking hockey again, man. I missed plug it. your plug your design uh, Instagram account. Oh, yeah. oh sure. Follow follow D'Amico's designs if you want. We're posting every now and then whenever we get the itch to make something. He only um, posts fire. He doesn't post mediocre stuff. So go check it out. <laughs> Still want this uh, to get then, cut off. Yeah, and then uh, I'll talk for me and Nate also. Uh, obviously, you can check out everything on the website that we do basically, uh, OverlineSports.ca. Make sure to check it out. Uh, we're doing the series right now where we uh, talk about all the divisions. I did a breakdown went out yesterday. Nate's will go out when this comes out, which is Thursday. Uh, Canadian division should have been out yesterday, which is today when we're recording this. Uh, all great stuff. You know, you should check all of them out. Really deep dives into all the teams. You know, I spent like hours on mine. So yeah, make sure to check it out. Other than that, you can find us on social media at OTL Sports CA on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great one.